0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org come on now, I want you to preach with me this morning. I want you to hear and feel what God is saying through me this this morning. This is not a political statement. It actually does relate to my message. But when the country, hear me now again, when the country gets to a place where it's okay that as long as I get my little check, I got a few meals on the table and my big screen TV with cable and my cell phone, I'm okay. I've lost the desire to strive and grow and become something else that I can be in the greatest nation on planet earth with the greatest educational system known to history when we come to a place come on now hear me when we come to a place when we've decided that this is enough and I don't have to go any further I don't want anything else my belly is satisfied I've got my entertainment and I'm good to go we are in trouble Because here is the reality to the back side of this deal. It's all looking good right now. It's all feeling good. I don't have to go to work. I'm making more money than I was at the job. Well, for now. But the people that are working, which is becoming a smaller and smaller group, come on. I know this is getting into somebody. The people that are working is becoming a smaller and smaller group. And so that means that the ones that are working are working harder and longer and doing the job of more than one person. Those people are working themselves to the bone. I know I'm looking at a whole whole room full of them right now, doing the job of two or three people. And so what happens is, is that group says, well, I'm not standing this job any longer if I don't get what? More money. So now we've got taco stands and burger flippers making $15 an hour, but you know what's not changing? You know what's not coming up under, the, under a socialist environment? And I'm just going to say that right now. What's not coming up is the wages that those people who have a fixed income right now are going to get any more because there isn't any more to give. And so as they feel satiated and happy right now, I'm getting this extra whatever. I don't even know what it is. I don't even care. They got what they normally would get on unemployment plus a big old booster from the federal government. Who's that coming from? Everybody raise your hand. That's working. But see, that number is fixed. And so now these employers are being forced to pay their employees more money in order to operate their businesses. Well, what happens when employers have to pay employees more money? They raise the prices of their product, right? Right? So this person who's sitting at home with his cable television and his cell phone and his unemployment check and can get DoorDash and all these different things, well, suddenly that dollar's not going to stretch as far any, anymore in a little bit. And a little bit later, it's not going to be enough. and It's not going to be enough. But there'll be more people that get on the dole. This is the socialist movement. This is how it operates when they take over and begin to satiate people and make them docile dependents on the government. Why am I here? Because I've got to tell you, folks, there is a labor that is ahead of us. I'm going to apply this to the church of God. You understand? We're living in an environment where perfectly normal, previously striving American citizens who knew that their job was to get up every morning and get after the work and supply for their families and strive for something greater are being reduced to a docile, dead workforce. Psalm 127 and one says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. The Lord is building the house. The Lord is building the house. The laborers are not working in vain. And the Lord has given us us a city. As a matter of fact, several cities that are surrounding us that he has declared as his territory. This church, this body, when he's talking about the house, you understand he's not talking about this building. He's talking about you and me. This body has been determined for this place and for this city, for us to build it. But right now, God needs some laborers who are willing to say I'm not satisfied with the status quo. That little bit that I eke out every once in a while when I feel like getting there, or I feel like getting up and praising, when the song is just enough vibrant for me, or when the, when the preacher preaches just the right way that I like, and I can get all goose and get up there and hop once in a while. We have to get to a place where we're not satisfied with that one time, that one opportunity. God needs the laborers up and striving now (laughs) Proverbs 10 and 16 says it this way the labor of the righteous tendeth to life the fruit of the wicked to sin there's life ahead of us there's promise for us The word says that the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. I'm looking at a nation where we're starting to talk about shortages. Margarito, the owner over here at at Sunnyside, I talk to him all the time. I'm having trouble getting chicken. I'm having trouble getting this. Sometimes vegetables, week by week, we are struggling. Why? Because the food producers are running out of workers. Their truck drivers are running out. They're saying, forget this. I don't want to do it anymore. I can make more money just sitting and doing nothing. In other words, I'm still getting fed. I'm still getting what I want out of the situation. I just don't want any more. I don't care anymore. But see, someday, someday that chicken shortage is going to be a little bit bigger. It's going to loom a little bit larger. I really hope I'm connecting with this. The food's going to get scarce. Come on, I'm not telling you all to run out and become preppers. But I'll tell you, it wouldn't hurt to throw a few extra cans in the cabinet. We don't know. These things sneak up on a country. These things sneak, sneak up and surprise you. We can't get people to drive trucks. You know that the trucking industry is literally the lifeblood of this nation. Everything that we have, everything we eat, every, everything we consume, everything we buy is brought to us because of a trucker. Respect those guys. The trucking companies are struggling to find drivers. Restaurants are closing down all the time, alternating hours and times because they can't find the workers. The food gets a little challenging to find. We were up north a while back, had the family up there for the Fourth of July week. We were literally chasing around the Northwoods from place to place to place to find some place where I could take my family for a nice dinner one night out of our vacation. Oh, they're packed out and they're not serving anymore. We're not receiving any more reservations. Sorry, we don't have any help. My wife and I sat in the lobby of a restaurant for 45 minutes and watched all this nonsense going on. And, and finally, we just got up and left. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. This is a work that's worthy to strive for. It's a work that's worthy to get better at. You're at the University of God Almighty. You're at the Tech School of Jesus Christ. You have a place that's afforded to you right now to strive to get better, to labor for the building and the city that God gave us. Amen? Isn't that exciting? Isn't that awesome? There's no tuition here. Well, there's a tithe and an offering, so I guess I'll take that back. Come on now, it's in Scripture. Jesus tells us of the most important labor. In John chapter 4, you can turn there with me if you want, it'll be on the screen. John chapter 4 and 35 says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, And then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. But both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One sows, and one reaps. And here's the beauty of it. Listen to what he says I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor that other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. You see, you can walk into this house or walk into this city and enjoy the work that was produced by the labor of others, others that have laid the foundation. How about the foundation that was laid by the forefathers who were men that attended seminary? There were godly men that preached and taught And used the word of God in their messages and their speeches and founded this nation on godly principles. Yes, as I've said before, this is a Christian nation. It was founded. You can't destroy that. You can't remove it. You could carve it off the walls and knock it off of of city buildings and take down Ten Commandments. You can do all that stuff. But it does not remove the fact that this country was founded by Christian men who sought God and was given a divine providence to create the freedoms that we have. Other men have labored so that we can go into this community and we can preach the gospel. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Never complain about your job beyond the normal level. We all complain a little bit about our job. We all have that part of the job we don't like. But we have that part of the job that we really like. But at the end of the day, thank God you have a job. Thank God there's still a spirit inside you that says, I want to strive. I want to get better. I want to improve. I want to learn new skills. Thank God you still have that. You haven't been turned into a drone because somebody threw a whole bunch of cash at you and said, this is going to be great for the rest of your life. Social security was not designed to be a lifestyle. When social security was established, it was established at a time when people lived an average of two years past their retirement. Now, because of the modern miracles of science and healthcare and all these other things, people are living 20 years plus after their retirement and some are expecting to live on social security. It is not designed for that. God's plan God's house, God's ministry, God's people were not designed to take on social security. This is not a social security plan. It's a strange analogy, I realize. I'm working on it. 1 Corinthians chapter three. Paul iterated the words of Jesus. He essentially reflected them again in 1 Corinthians chapter three, starting at verse eight. He says, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. In other words, they have the same goal, the same level, not one higher than the other. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. See, you receive your reward. Anybody looking for the reward? We know what he's talking about, the goal, the reward. What God expects of us. We want to walk into those gates some way. You know, through that narrow path. Anybody that was here the other day? Wednesday night. How many know midweek matters? Yes. Amen. Amen. Midweek matters. Amen. You know why? Because the word of God is being shared midweek. The education process is there. Class is in on Wednesday nights. Everyone's reward is according to his own Labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, meaning his, his crew that does the reaping and the sowing and, you know, the farmhands. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, Paul says, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ." Okay, now let me dive into this a little bit with you. If anybody could cut this light up here that's flickering. It's, it's, I'm about to go into a seizure up here. So he says, I've, I was the foundation layer. Well, that's absolutely true. At the time that he preached and ministered, he went out and started and established all these churches. He laid the foundation, but that foundation is Jesus Christ. And nobody can lay a different one unless it's Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? Well, what is Jesus Christ? Is he the word made flesh? Come on, is he his word? Is he his plan? What did, his, what did that word, word, mean? It means logos, the plan, the idea. He was the concept. He was God manifest in the flesh to bring the word. In other words, his word is the foundation and you can't lay anything differently. You can't recreate this thing. You can't come out on public radio and say, this is a secular nation, and it's always been a secular nation. That's how they talk on public radio, by the way. It's, is you ever listening to them, people? This is WBBRR, public radio. The United States of America is a public nation. It's very secular. That's how they talk. So, like an airline pilot. The foundation is the Word. And what's in the Word? I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you that there's a labor that we need to be about, there's a job that we have to do. That's the word, and you can't lay another foundation and say, well, that's just for some people. Some people will go out and do those things. But I'll just I'll just tend to you know to my own little area here, and I've got my idea of, of the way this should be operated. No, you have a call. Many are called, few are chosen, but you have a call. You were called into this thing because you have talents and abilities, and not one of you was ever designed to be the person to sit home and collect the extra check. Fair enough? Not one. Well, pastor, people don't listen to me. I'm, I'm, I don't speak very well. Yeah, Moses had a cleft palate. Paul had a thorn in his side. David was a young man. It's not about you. It's about the mighty God that exists inside you that is capable of doing awesome things. If you're willing to give him your hands and your feet and your mouth and your ears... Don't let the enemy sneak in there and say, you're worthless, you don't have anything to do. You just go home and collect your extra 300 bucks a month and that's gonna be okay. God loves everybody and he's just gonna let everybody go. Your reward is based in your labor. Paul goes on to say in verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid. I read it again, which is Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, now if any man build upon this foundation, now listen, gold or silver or precious stones, and then he says, or wood or hay or stubble. That's an interesting allotment of building materials. The first half of that list is very valuable. Precious stones, silver and gold. But then he says, wood, hay and stubble. Well, if you've ever heard the story of the three little pigs, you know that building your foundation out of wood, hay, and stubble doesn't do you any good. Remember that one? I'll refresh some people if you need. See, there were these three pigs. And, uh, every man's work shall be made manifest, Paul says. In other words, it's going to be revealed what your work was. Are there those Christians that sat at home and collected their check? that fed from the table, or are there ones that laid a foundation? But listen to what he goes on to say. It's very interesting. For the day shall declare it. What day is that? The last day. The day we stand before him. Amen. The day will declare it. It'll be revealed because it shall be revealed, look what he says, by fire. Okay, now let's take our list of six items, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Of those six items... Subjected to a review of fire in that last day. Which one's last? Which one's hold up? And which ones are in trouble? You see what he's saying there? Come on. If we're Christians, if we've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God living inside us, We were afforded the opportunity for a baptism of a remission of our sins and to live this life of bounty and abundance and grace and blessing. Don't you think that our labor for Him is worthy of something to the level of the value of gold and silver and precious stones? That means what we do, we do it. Excellence and all of our energy and all of our abilities till we sweat and we fall down on the field of battle ready to say, okay, God, I've given everything to you. Is he worth it? Is he worthy? He goes on to say, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Folks, I don't want to stand there in that day. Having a life work of wood, hay, and stubble. So what does that look like? What, what would a life of that look like for a Christian? I want to help you to define the terms. I want, I want to give you a practical tactical. You've heard me say that before. Well, you know what gold and silver and precious stones must look like, right? Keeping a great attitude. Midweek Matters. Attending your services, offering God what you can in your abilities, sowing or reaping, spreading the word, planting or watering, right? Doing everything you can with a great attitude of fixing the things that are wrong with you, looking to God for improvement, making sure that your relationships with people are intact. You're doing the best you can to keep your attitude right. No offenses, all these things. That's your wood, hay, and your stubble. I've seen people just up and. And, and just get offended at the slightest thing. Do you know I offended somebody? And, I, I, and it, it hurts me to this day. And I wish I could do something about it. I offended somebody. And I really, really like this person a lot. And, and, and I meant nothing by it. And I used a word in their presence. And, and I never would have thought that I would have offended them. But it was enough that they just don't feel like they really want to be around me anymore. You know what I said? I referred to them as a member And there's something behind that, and I understand, and it was explained to me why. And I wish I would have known, because I wouldn't have said it, I promise you. I'm not mocking this person, I want you to understand. I really, in a heartfelt way, wish I had known that that was something that was not really, in, in you know, that they wanted to hear. I didn't know, and it was innocent. And I wish I could help make that right. And I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong, and I'm sure they've, they've moved on to to where they need to go and God's looking out for them, but my point is that we're so easily, we can trip over people, we can say the wrong things and we can hurt one another unintentionally and cause offenses. It happens. But that's our sign that we gotta work just a little bit harder and I promise you, I'm gonna work a little bit harder to try to be careful with things that I say. That one caught me off guard. I would not have expected it, but I felt so terrible That it made that person feel uncomfortable. And I want so badly to make it right. And if I ever have the opportunity, I promise you I will. I'll try to work gold, silver, and precious stones out of the hay and the stubble that I put in that. But you see what I mean? It's so easy. This is the work that he's expecting of us. Your work in the church really does count. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, he uses, Paul uses a lot of superlative language. You ever know that? All, every, everything. He's a very strongly worded guy. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Those words done, that's an action word, the things that we have done. Come on, that's action and inaction, right? Further in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Verse 58, Paul says it this way also. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Abounding means really, really active and striving and doing better and looking to get better I want to memorize some more verses I want to read the Bible through how many of my where's some young people in here raise your hands up where's our young people in here this morning I see some back there oh there's a whole group over here how many are after pastor's challenge come on who's, who's in it who's after pastor's challenge alright look at this anybody remember pastor's challenge these guys do they're praying every day And they're reading the word of God every day. See, I gave them that challenge. I put that out there. Because I want them to strive to be better and get good at consuming the word of God and realizing how interesting it really is and how it really feeds them. And I want them to get into a habit of prayer so that maybe that first day, they just say, thank you, God, for today. Help me have a good day. But then the next day, they say, oh, yeah, remember my mom. And and, oh, yeah, there's my friend at school. I I want to see how, see what I'm saying? All of a sudden, they start discovering things in the word of God. How many know that you can read the word of God and whether you understand every single word and precept it feeds your soul? It's literally the food, the bread of life. We got some young people in here. I saw a whole lot of arms up that every day are giving God some prayer and they're reading the word. That's abounding in the work of the Lord. (laughs) Proud of those guys. Every one of you young people. When pastor calls altar call today, you come on up and give him a little bit of time, okay? Is that all right? We need to spend time with the Lord in our prayer right here at altar call, don't we? Look at Paul's direction in Hebrews chapter four. He continues that thought. I believe it's Paul. We go through that all the time. Hebrews four and 11, he says, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. We know that rest is the eternal life we talked about before, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. We've got to labor to enter into that rest. In other words, now is not the time to rest. And if there ever were not a time to rest, now is that time. Like I said, you may want to throw a bag of rice or two into the cupboard. You might want to throw a few extra cans down in in, 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 in your storage area. I don't know. We don't know where this is going, but I know this. We've never seen the righteous begging bread, and we know that we're in a strong tower that the righteous can run into, and we are safe. Amen? See, there's more than just attaining our salvation. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of our work. In Hebrews chapter 6, starting at verse 9, he goes on to say, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. You see that? Salvation is just not in and of itself, but there are better things. I want to go to these people who are sitting at home and collecting their little rent check and playing uh, video games all day or whatever it is that they're doing and, and say, there are better, better things for you. You can strive for more in life, you can attain more through your willingness to work. Young people, those of you that have jobs already, work hard at what you do, be excellent. I don't care if your job right now is sweeping floors. Sister Angela, by the way, did a phenomenal job this morning in in our devotion. Thank you for that excellent, excellent word. I felt the Holy Ghost. I thought, that's linked right to my message. I don't care if you're sweeping floors or wiping down cabinets, whatever it is. Be awesome at it. Be excellent at it. You know why? Because as I said when I was talking last week, the world will roll out a red carpet to you. The opportunities will come. People will elevate you. It's like Joseph. They'll just keep giving you more opportunity and more opportunity. But do what you do with excellence and a great attitude. Honor those that are above you. Respect those that have the rule over you. Come on. Does that apply just to McDonald's and Culvers? Mm-mm. There are better things for you of you that things that accompany salvation. Though we thus speak, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints. And what does that last line say? Uh, it's not up here. Hello. Anyone? It says, and do minister. You know what that word minister there really means? It means serve. Serve. So you minister to the saints. In other words, you embrace one another. You serve one another. We help each other. But there's a separate part of that, and it happens outside of this building and outside of this group, and that is that we do minister to Economwalk, Delafield, Dowsman, and Wales. And Sister Kylie reminded me, Town of Summit. I left one out. I'm closing, you can stand with me this morning. Before I close with you this morning, it is a very real situation what's happening in our world right now and in our environment and even locally here with the Delta variant, excuse me, variant and the COVID-19 vaccine. My friend Dave Larson who attends a church at Apopka, Florida said that they've now lost six people to COVID-19. One of his very, very good friends just passed away. We were praying together for several weeks. Passed away on a ventilator. Parkway Apostolic Church in Oak Creek had to shut down recently. Their pastor was hospitalized. It's a very real thing. We need to move forward cautiously carefully in our interactions we need to be careful if we're not feeling well if we've been exposed so on and so forth amen and we need to do the right thing and it's, it's a real situation keep washing your hands careful how much time you spend face to face with people that you haven't been with for a while my wife says more than 15 minutes less than 6 feet away It's just the world that we live in. It's a challenge that we face right now. But despite all of that, we have a work to do. We have a work to do. We have a labor that God is looking for. And I know you want entrance into that great and glorious place someday, and I do too. And when I'm standing there, I want to present God a work that's made out of silver and gold And precious stones, and not wood and hay and stubble. Because it'll be tried by fire, tested by fire. And I want to hold up. Brother Ron Walters is coming October 1st, Saturday the 2nd, and Sunday the 3rd. And he and I talk often. He's a very good friend of mine. And he is a wonderful, wonderful pastor and minister. But God has laid something on his heart for this church, specifically, almost a burden. And it almost pained him to come and say, I need to come. This is not his style. He doesn't. Call, he has his own church to pastor, and they're thriving, and they're bounding very well. But he came to me one day in a conversation. He said, look, I can't hold this back anymore. He goes, I... There is something on my heart that God has given me, and I need to minister to your church on your behalf. Brother Walters is a laborer. He is out there. He is working hard. He's got so much that he's doing. I'm just trying to catch up and learn some of the things from him and these other great pastors that do such a great job. Please try to be here Friday, October 1st, Saturday morning, October the second. I think we're gonna do a continental breakfast and and all that kind of stuff, just, just for a couple hours. And then he'll be ministering in our evangelistic service on Sunday morning. Try to be here for that. Because if there's anybody that we can learn from about laboring for the Lord, it's for the Walters. Amen? Young people, continue to stay after Pastor's Challenge, Saturday, October the 3rd. What did I say? October 2nd? No, Sunday the 3rd. Sunday, October 3rd, that same Sunday, Sister Cordell and I are taking all of the young people to Stonefire, that's it. I keep, I've called it everything but that. Now, parents, you're all gonna be welcome too. You can come and sit there, and you, but you're going Dutch. You're paying for your own. Sister Cordell and I are gonna cover all the kids and we're gonna have some games. There's fun stuff to do there. But we're doing this because we're trying to be an example and trying to encourage this next generation coming up. But see, the point of that is that they see us and they learn from us doing it. The generation coming behind us is going to learn to labor for the Lord based on what you do and what your home looks like and how you operate. You see what I'm saying? And someday your children are going to stand before the Lord and present their labor. Come on. Philippians chapter 3, one of my favorite passages. Some of you can quote good chunks of it. Philippians chapter 3. Paul wrote to the church there, starting at verse 13. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I haven't arrived. I don't have it all worked out. I am by no means perfect. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, meaning striving and learning and growing towards God, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Press. It means to strive. It means to work. It means to labor. The mark is the goal. I press towards the mark. Now, he doesn't say for the prize of going to heaven. He doesn't say for the prize of having a great church to go to or an abundant lifestyle. He says for the prize of the high calling. In other words, Paul didn't want to just show up at heaven just because, hey, look at me. I'm a Christian. I got saved, and and I did some stuff and wrote some letters. He was thankful not for the heaven that was before him. He was thankful for the high calling. That's what he considered to be his prize. If you're standing in this house today, you have been anointed with a high calling. And God can do it and accomplish it through you if we're willing to labor for him and lay a foundation of precious gold and silver and precious stones. Amen. Lord Jesus, we're thankful, God. We're thankful, Lord, for the wonderful country, the nation that you've provided for us, Lord, this bountiful nation. So full of riches and wonderful things that we've been able to partake of. we We just exceed expectations and, and, and we just there's so much that we have, God, in our abundance, in our ownership. We're so very wealthy, we're so very supplied. And we're thankful for that, Jesus. We're so thankful that you Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast.